hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast or welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. If you are new here, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. Also, make sure that you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify so that we can get you guys' feedback, know what you guys love about the show, what you guys want to see more of on the show, and also just to see all of the things that you guys are thinking about the podcast and how the podcast has you know, impacted you in your life. It's really nice to see and cool to see DMs from you guys and rating and reviews from you guys on how the podcast has impacted your life and how it's really just been a really great resource for you throughout your allergy journey or through your loved one's allergy journey, your kid's allergy journey, etc. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast and subscribing and just interacting with us on the Instagram page. So speaking of the Instagram page, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handles at oh my allergies so o-h-m-y-a-l-l-e-r-g-i-e-s oh my allergies that's what we are on instagram so make sure you give us a follow on there we post so many different updates if we are if we're gonna have guests on our podcast episodes we post things on there we post sneak peeks we post different quotes and memes and just things to be able to lift up your spirits because we know that having allergies there could be so many you know emotions that come with that a roller coaster of emotions uh, if you will that some days you feel really you know happy and really confident about them and then there's some days that you don't really feel as confident about them so hopefully oh my allergies is serving as just a positive platform for all of us just to have really just great conversations about the world of allergies but today's episode is super exciting we're having a guest on the episode we are going to be talking with the Partake Foods founder and CEO Denise Woodard really loved having a conversation with her we talked a lot about managing food allergies for little kids and further in the episode you'll be able to hear her story as being an allergy parent and dealing with allergy parent anxiety because when you have little kids it kind of feels like in a way that you have the allergies yourself if you're a parent so really just hearing from a parent's perspective on allergies and being able to learn more about her story through her daughter and also about her business as well and the inspiration behind it but before we get into today's episode you guys know I have to talk about what's been going on What's been going on with me? Guys, things have just been a bit hectic for me for the last few weeks with just school and extracurricular. So I'm very sorry that we just haven't been as active on the podcast Instagram and for not coming through with some new episodes. You know, I've been having a lot of homework assignments that are just really heavy duty as far as how much time it takes me to complete them. Accounting and marketing have been taking up a lot of my time. And I have this big case book assignment specifically from a marketing class.
class that's due soon. And I just keep looking at like the rubric and the assignment details. And I'm just like, Lord, please just give me the strength, please. I because I need it. And then also like my sleep schedule hasn't exactly been the greatest lately. So I've just been trying to just recenter myself and be able to get caught up with my schoolwork and get ahead with my homework so that I can get a lot more sleep because I value my sleep. And it's something that I don't want to compromise on if I can help it, you know. So I've been trying to just get ahead of my homework and do as much as I can before assignment dates are due so that all I have to do is just push send or upload and send and it's just like easier for me. Um, But on a lighter note, uh, some things that have been happening recently that are just really exciting is that I purchased a spin bike and I'm super excited about it. I actually got it towards the end of October, but I just haven't had the time to actually like set it up yet. So it's just sitting in its box. Um, plus I need to get like a mat for it so it doesn't cause like any type of indentation in like our floors like in the carpet and wood and stuff and I know a lot of people recommend getting some sort of an exercise mat for it if you can so I've been looking for one that's like big enough for it um, but I don't know if I've talked about spin on here before but I started to take up spin with my best friend G earlier this year uh, before stuff had hit the fan with COVID and everything uh, we were trying to figure out what kind of exercise exercise that we wanted to do with each other so we tried a few different things we tried like Pilates which that was funny because we were literally the only like younger people in the class and there were so many you know older women in there and we were just like do we even like belong here and then we tried spin and then we were gonna try to do yoga but then everything happened so we really just were able to do Pilates and spin Um, but when we tried spin we really gravitated towards it now in the past I've tried using a stationary bike before like years and years ago but never really liked it and I thought it was like really repetitive and really boring so I really stopped doing it me and my mom we would do it when we would go to like the gym or something like that and then she also had her own stationary bike like an old school stationary bike so we would go on that at times but it just really wasn't like exciting or anything like that but I kept hearing so many people rave about like modern like spin studios and like the energy in them and like the music that's played and like the post spin class feeling that you have and I was like okay I kind of want to see like what all this ruckus and raving is all about so we went to Soul Cycle first that was the very first spin studio that we went to and honestly I just really enjoyed the whole experience you know the instructors were just so motivating and so nice and I just really loved the music that they played and the energy depending on what class you choose the playlist is just going to be different so for some classes you might just have a class that's like all Justin Bieber songs or you might have like an EDM playlist or like a mixture I know for some spin studios they'll have it like where for like a specific month or something like that they might just have like a playlist specifically for like a certain artist or a genre or something like that but we went to uh, another studio that's local to us as well and like we're trying to compare it between the two and we honestly just like the feel of that one more and I think that was because the vibe was just a little bit more chill and it felt like it had like this neighborhood feel to it but it was structured at the same time if that makes sense and like didn't feel like they were trying to like charge us for a lot of stuff we didn't have to pay extra for shoes and like other little things that can add up over time plus the classes didn't cost as much so you still got that community motivating feel to it as well so I'm honestly excited to open up this spin bike I'm super excited I'm still on the hunt to find spin shoes and I'm honestly so overwhelmed with like the 50 million choices that are out there because there's just so many different types of spin shoes 
So if you guys have any recommendations, you can send us a DM on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page because I feel like this whole category of spin shoes is like an ocean and like the shoes are like the sea animals and there's just too many in the daggone spin shoe ocean, okay? So I'm just like, ah, there's just too many options. I just don't know what to choose. So, but that's basically what's been going on with me as of late. So I guess since I'm done with telling you guys what's been going on, I can get right into my foodie likes. So my first foodie like is actually a recipe and it's from the blog Minimalist Baker. It's one of my favorite blogs. So me and my mom, we have been looking up different ways to be able to build up our immune system because of everything that's going on and making sure our immune system is, you know, very, very strong and can withstand, you know, anything that it's thrown its way. So I came across this recipe that is on the blog and it's like this turmeric tonic and it doesn't take that much to make as far as like time is concerned and you don't need that many ingredients it's one pot and I just love it because it has all of our favorite things in it so you just use like turmeric so you can use either ground turmeric or fresh turmeric I usually use a mixture of both because I just like the taste of like having the ground but then also being able to have the actual uh, turmeric root and like ginger root in it um, because I like eating the little pieces I don't know if anybody else likes doing that but me and my mom we love eating like fresh ginger and fresh turmeric because it's just really good for you so it has like turmeric in it ginger in it and a lemon in it um we don't put like any sort of sweetener in it because we just don't like sweet things like that and then I'll put like um black pepper in it and that helps with the bioavailability of the turmeric and then you use water and then you just put it on your stove and then you're just supposed to heat it up for a certain amount of time and guys it tastes so good it helps with like detoxing your body with the vitamin c from like the lemon it really helps with your immune system it helps with boosting your metabolism it helps with if you have you know inflammation because there's a lot of different things in there like the ginger and the turmeric that are anti-inflammatory so definitely this is a really good drink to have I love having it before bed Um, I want to be able to have it where I make a good amount to be able to store it so that we can have some hot and some cold because I tried it cold and it tasted delicious so definitely recommend this drink and making it because it doesn't make sense to go out and buy like all of these ginger drinks all of the time that cost like three dollars here four dollars here because it just adds up where you could just buy the ingredients and then make something yourself and it tastes fresh and it's delicious and it's doing really good for your body so that's something that we've been doing lately because we've been trying to make sure that our immune system stays strong and my mom's literally her words exactly is I'm just trying to like feed your body vitamin c and like just give you a bunch of vitamin c to build up your immune system and make sure that it's strong so we've been really just having a ton of tea and a ton of this drink but I mean I'm not mad about it because it tastes good so I can't be like super mad about it but like speaking of tea what we've been uh, drinking as far as tea is concerned is the celestial seasons uh, ginger probiotic tea that's been tasting good and then putting like fresh lemon juice in there guys that tastes so so good because I've always been a lemon person I've loved lemon growing up and just drinking like lemon water and so my mom I love when she makes lemon tea because she just I don't know what she does to it guys like I just don't know what it is I feel like that's just how it is with all mothers like when they just make something like if you feel like it tastes like a thousand times better than when you make it yourself so I'm always like yeah mom can you make me some tea please and she's like you can do it yourself but I'm like no but it doesn't taste as good as when you make it so she's like okay fine like whatever um another tea that I've been drinking and I always butcher this name every single time and my mother makes fun of 
forgive me for this, but it's the Echonisha, the Echonisha tea. I think I said it correctly. We've been drinking a lot of that and then mixing it with like this ginger probiotic tea and then putting fresh lemon juice from like lemon and squeezing lemon into it. That tastes really good too. I literally just had some of that yesterday and it was delicious. So those are the things that I've been having a lot lately as far as drinks are concerned. Um, In terms of like little snacks that I've been liking lately, there's this one snack I've been like having a lot of because it just tastes so good and it's from the brand BM. It's their habanero chickpeas. Guys, these things taste so good. You guys know I am obsessed with roasted chickpeas. I have been for years. I love like different brands and different, you know, spice blends being on the chickpeas because it really just transforms your chickpeas in a whole different way and it just gives it just a really great flavor so what I really love about these habanero ones is because there's just so much flavor in them and to me they're spicy but they're not like too spicy to the point where you're like ah ah I need water I need water you know what I'm saying so I really love them and they have like a hint of lemon to them they're very delicious the one thing I will say is that your fingers will look like you had hot Cheetos but they taste delicious so I feel like it's worth it in the end but yeah so if you are into spicy things or semi-spicy things definitely recommend trying these chickpeas because they taste so delicious but those have been my foodie likes that I've been really just loving right now and just having a lot of so I guess now I can get right into the allergy news so the allergy news article that I'm going to be talking about is actually from the Smithsonian and it talks about how allergic reactions to peanuts and tree nuts spike by 85% on Halloween. In the article, they talk with uh, Lisa Gable from the Food Allergy Research and Education Organization, and she talks about how people don't even realize or understand that there's so many kids that have been left out of being able to partake in a lot of the Halloween um, activities. And I talked about this in uh, last week's episode about how to be able to safely navigate Halloween when you have allergies because it can just be very overwhelming and scary and so frightening and there's just so many things that you have to like think about and so they talk about in this article how there was a study that was done by the Canadian Medical Association Journal and how they found that there was a big spike in emergency room visits for anaphylactic peanut and tree nut allergies on Halloween and to find out if there were you know children that were more likely to have reactions during you know different events and holidays uh, researchers they looked at over 1300 emergency room visits for kids that have anaphylactic allergic reactions across four Canadian provinces between the years of 2011 and 2020 and so specifically there is a lady her name is Melanie Lung and she is a, a fourth year medical student at McGill University and she also is the person who's the author of this study. So her and her colleagues, they uh, discovered and noticed that the amount of allergic reactions went up on holidays like Halloween and Easter while there were holidays like Christmas and Chinese New Year and Diwali and things like that that didn't show any sort of increase in cases and how peanut trigger anaphylaxis, it jumped up 60% on Easter and 85% on Halloween. And 
and how some of the allergies triggered were by unknown nuts, that was an increase of 60% on both Easter and Halloween. So I think it's very interesting that in these studies that it was only Easter and Halloween that where there was like a spike in the increase of allergic reactions. But it's kind of a surprise, but then not really. But I think because candy now in our modern day culture uh, plays a big role in both of those different events and uh, celebrations, that that's the reason why that there's like such a big increase because there's like Easter egg candies and like little mini bite-sized candies that are given during these types of um, celebrations that when you compare it up against holidays like Christmas and Chinese New Year, those really don't have a lot of candy involved. And then also uh, they say in here, part of the reason of the spike on Halloween has to do with there's so many people that you're interacting with that don't have an idea that you or your child has an allergy. And so you're encountering so many different new foods for the very first time that it's just more likely for you to have it where there's a reaction that happens because you don't really know or you think that you looked at all the different labels and then like you forgot something or you missed something. So that's the reason why they say in this study that a lot of children ended up visiting the emergency room. They had known allergies, but oftentimes that was like their very first allergic reaction because they've just not really had the allergen like within their household. And they talk about like alone in the US, how anaphylactic food reactions, it leads to about 30,000 emergency room visits and 150 deaths each year uh, in children and in adults. And they talk about like kind of how I just said that the reason why there's a jump in allergic reactions on Halloween and it has to do with the type of candy and food that kids are eating and it's because they're mini and they're one bite candy. So it's like you eat it and then it's like if you're getting like these miniature candies, like the ingredients are different than what they would be for the full size versions of them. So you're like, oh, well, you know, when I eat this candy, the full size version of it, you know, it's safe for me to eat. But then you don't really think of, oh, well, because something's a little bit smaller that they might change some of the ingredients, which is something that I definitely wouldn't think of. But looking at this article, I was just like, wow, like there's just like so many things that people might not even realize. And then they talk about how, you know, when it comes to mini candies, that they can be even manufactured in different locations than the full size candies and they have different ingredients or different allergy labeling because of that. So I just thought this article was just very, very interesting because it makes you think about so many different things that I didn't really personally think of before, especially the thing with the bite size candy. So hopefully you guys learned some things from this article. Like I always do, I always leave the link to the allergy news articles in the show notes. But now that I'm done with the allergy news, I can get right into today's topic, which I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So I'm just going to go right ahead and introduce our guest. So like I said, today's episode, we are going to be having a great conversation with the Partake Foods founder and CEO, Denise Woodard. We had really such a really great conversation. We talked about her experience as an allergy parent, dealing with allergy parent anxiety. We talked about food allergies. We talked about food allergies with little kids because she has a daughter who has food allergies. We talked about her business. We talked about so many really great things that I think a lot of people are gonna be able to benefit from listening to this episode, especially if you are a parent who has a child who has food allergies, whether you are a seasoned parent 
parent who has a child with food allergies or even if you are new to the whole world of food allergies, food intolerances and sensitivities, hopefully you guys learned so much from this episode and enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So if you are not familiar with Denise Woodard, like I said, she is the founder and CEO of Partake and Partake, they have a line of allergy friendly snacks that are inspired by her daughter's experience with food allergies. And since launching in July of 2017, Partake's first product, delicious, nutritious, allergy friendly cookies, it can be found in over 2,500 retailers. So that includes Target, Sprouts, which is my favorite, and Whole Foods Market. The company, they have been featured by People, Black Enterprise, and Entrepreneur. And in June of 2019, they closed a seed round of funding led by Jay-Z's Marcy Venture Partners. Now, prior to launching Partake, Denise, she spent a decade in consumer packaged goods at various Fortune 100 companies. And most recently, she held the title of Director of National Sales in Coca-Cola's Veteran and Emerging Brands Division. Now, she holds a Bachelor's of Arts from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and she has an MBA from Arizona State University. She lives in Jersey City, New Jersey with her husband, Jeremy, and their five-year-old daughter, Vivian. So without further ado, let's just get right into our conversation. Hey, Denise, welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Valencia. Yeah, so before we get started, each episode I talk about my uh, foodie likes. So basically, that's when I talk about my favorite items that are related to food. So it could be a book about food. It could be a favorite meal that you had recently that's just left you wanting more. So whatever floats your boat. So as an icebreaker, I wanted to ask you, what are some of your foodie likes right now? Pretty simple comfort foods. I think 2020 has shown me that simple is better. And so it's um, (laughs) Friday night pizza night with my family. Um, I grew up in North Carolina, so it's like some Southern comfort food that isn't necessarily always the healthiest, like fried chicken, Um, but also like just like a warm fall salad on um, a quick day that I, I need a quick lunch. And so those are kind of the things that I'm loving right now from a food perspective. That's cool because I know lately for me and my family, we've been having pizza nights as well and we'll have like our dough and then we'll get like our dairy-free cheeses and stuff and kind of like just dress it up and it allows us to be able to like come together as a family but also being able to have something that's really good. My thoughts exactly. So um, another question that I have for you to break the ice is if you could describe having allergies in one word, what would it be and why? I actually don't have any food allergies. It's my five-year-old daughter, Vivian, that does. And I would say for me, as her mom, I think anxiety would be the word. And it's just like this constant feeling of fear. Um, No matter, like, I know we're always trying to make the safest decisions for her, researching the foods we're giving her, um, you know, talking closely with her, the team at her school to make sure they're feeding her safe foods, but you just never know. So I think there's just always this level of fear and anxiety that comes along with being a food allergy parent. Yeah, and I know for me, um, as a person who has food allergies, it's a lot to think about. So putting that in perspective for a parent, that's just like, a lot more because it's like you're already concerned about your child as it is but then like adding food allergies into the equation it's just a lot more to think about definitely it's something that's always on your mind right um so let's just get right into the question of the oh my allergies podcast 
What is your Oh My Allergy story? How did you get into the world of allergies? Sure. So um, it was through my daughter, Vivian. She's five now. It was around her first birthday. And we kind of have two Oh My Allergy stories. So I'll keep them short since I have two. The first one I didn't realize was an Oh My Allergy story until later. Um, It was on Thanksgiving of 2015. So she was about eight months old. And she was having egg for the first time. She had a baked macaroni and cheese dish on Thanksgiving um, that had egg Mm -hmm. in it. And a couple hours after she ate it, she started throwing up. And she ended up throwing up about 12 times over the span of five hours. And so we took her to the local children's hospital. And by the time we got there, she was totally fine. And so they were like, oh, it's just a stomach bug. Um, And I didn't think food Mm -hmm. allergies because it was a delayed reaction. And then a couple weeks later, she had a small bite of egg and something similar happened. And that's actually how we learned that she has FPIs or food protein induced enterocolitis. So that was our first oh my allergy moment, but I didn't realize it when it like first happened. And then our second one, which was kind of the bigger impetus for me starting Partake and where I really got to see the severity of food allergies was in May of 2016. So shortly after Vivian's first birthday, she'd been tested for food allergies and we'd done the skin and blood Mm -hmm. test. And so we knew that she wasn't allergic to peanuts. And so our doctor was, our allergist suggested we introduce peanuts as soon as possible. And so we gave her a bomba. So just made with peanuts and corn oil. And as soon as she bit into it, it was a Wednesday afternoon. I was working at Coca-Cola at the time. I was on a conference call. Our nanny, Martha, who's still with our family, um, gave her like one bite of the bomba. And as soon as she bit into it, like her lips started to swell up, her tongue started to swell up, her lips started to turn blue. Thank God we had the EpiPens because of her other food allergies. We had to administer two EpiPens and rush her to the hospital. And thankfully she's fine, but she's allergic to corn, which isn't something that people normally test for. Right. I know that I went to when you said the corn allergy, it reminded me of when I went to a summer camp one time and one of my roommates, she had a corn allergy. So she would always have so many food products with her. And I didn't really understand why, because I was younger at the time and I didn't, you know, have my uh, food allergies or discover them at least at that point yet. And she was talking about how, you know, it's in a lot of foods and it's not something that, you know, you normally would find um that people test for and how it's really hard to navigate that type of an allergy i agree wholeheartedly thankfully vivian's mostly allergic she's allergic to like corn and then like corn syrup but we find that like we try to avoid maltodextrin and dextrose and there's so Mm -hmm. many corn derived ingredients in in packaged foods particularly so corn's definitely been the trickiest one for our family to navigate oh wow So you kind of talked about uh, your business um, a little bit, but can you walk us through uh, the journey of the challenges you've had discovering that your daughter had food allergies and how this led to the concept of you forming your business partake? Sure thing. So as I mentioned, I was at Coca-Cola previously and kind of serendipitously. I'd been there for about eight years. In the last couple of years, I worked in their venturing um, and emerging brands division. So I got to work with startups like Honest Tea and Zico Coconut Water that had grown into large scaled brands. Um, And so I got to see a little bit, like a little peek into how food and beverage startups worked, but had no Mm -hmm. intention of ever starting my own. And then after that second Oh My Allergy moment with Vivian, Martha, who who comes up in the story again, was like, (laughs) um, your daughter now has the most boring diet ever. Like all you give her is like salmon and chicken and lean protein and like quinoa and vegetables. And I started to tell her all of my woes about shopping that allergy friendly aisle. And I'm not 
vegan. I'm not gluten-free. I don't have any dietary restrictions. And so I'd always equated those words with healthy. And when I started to turn over the packages, I realized often they're worse than the normal counterparts. Mm, they're more sugar right. and gums and starches and weird stuff to try to make them taste normal. Um, then from a nutritional standpoint, or sorry, from a taste standpoint, there's some things that I felt felt like fit the bill nutritionally, but they tasted very much like you would expect a very healthy allergy friendly <laughs> product to taste right. not that great. And then while I was really thankful that there were brands making safe products, not to diminish them, but they weren't that cool. Like people, only people with food allergies knew about them. And I was like, my daughter's already going to feel like anxious and self-conscious about her food allergies nearly every fun thing we do as a society involves food. And I was like, she's going to have to pull out a product from this brand that like none of her friends are eating. And they're like, what's that? I don't want that. And she's going to feel even more self-conscious. And so I was like, why can't there be a brand that makes products that taste good, that have ingredients you can feel good about, but it's like cool enough that people without food allergies would also choose to eat it. So I said all of this to Martha and her response was you should start a food company. And that's where the idea for Partake Foods was born. Well, I know that growing up when I, because I'm a vegetarian, so everyone automatically was looking at my lunchbox and being like, what are you eating and this and that and stuff. So adding allergies into the equation, I can, you know, relate to having it where you get these stares of people being like, oh, like that looks weird or the form of it looks weird or, oh, that doesn't look like it tastes good or something like that. So really just being able to come up with a product that really be able to fit that type of profile for that type of food allergy parent, for that food allergy child. But also one thing that I think a lot of people um, don't really understand is that just because they're products that are made for people who have food allergies doesn't mean that they're not really good or that they don't taste good and that anybody can have them. Exactly. And so that's hence the name Partake. We wanted to really welcome anyone to the table, um, whether or not they had dietary restrictions. So did you in your whole household adjust your eating lifestyle and the products that you all consume when you discovered that your daughter had food allergies? We don't. Vivi's allergic to most tree nuts and we don't bring tree nuts into the house. But my husband is a big egg fan and I do eat some packaged foods here and there. So mm -hmm. otherwise we did not totally change our household, which, you know, sometimes I regret because like I'll end up cooking like three dinners because my husband's, my husband has Crohn's and so he's gluten-free and dairy-free. Vivi actually can have gluten and dairy, but she can't have so many other things. And then sometimes right. I'm like, I just can't with y'all. I just want my like, <laughs> thing that has all of the things in it. And, and so I end up cooking lots of meals, but we have, we haven't adjusted completely. Um, and then when I think about like going out and traveling, you know, there I am very cautious in terms of like calling ahead to make sure they're going to have safe solutions mm -hmm. for our entire family. And we really stick to just a very small number of restaurants that we know and that we trust. Yeah, I know that for me and my family, we have a few restaurants that we know and trust and that we know that we can go there without running into any type of issue or something like that with my allergies. Um, and I think it also helps for me that my mom has um, also some problems with dairy as well. She's dairy free as well. So that works better for us. But yeah, I know when I was younger and I was a vegetarian and well, she was a vegetarian and I wasn't. That was like her cooking like multiple meals. So definitely I know what that looks like. <laughs> All the pans, <laughs> the pots in the pans. Yes. yes, definitely know what that's like. So I know when I 
figured out that I had food allergies. Some things that I learned were, you know, like the importance of like reading labels and being more aware of like what's going in your body and stuff. So what are some lessons that you've learned from your daughter developing food allergies? I think it's, it's what you alluded to. It's the vigilance. Um, so always checking the label every single time, because as a food company owner, I know that like food companies don't necessarily have to tell you whenever they're changing their ingredients. And so like literally checking every single time. Um, I think also like speaking up, I think I normally am a, a bit of an introvert. And so like really getting comfortable with advocating on behalf of my child, like she has food allergies. I need to make sure this is safe for, for safe for her. Um, if I feel like one person isn't taking it seriously, like getting whoever else needs to get involved to make sure that that her safety is a priority. And so I think that's something that's rubbed off on her, which I'm excited to see and hopefully carries over into other parts of her life as well. Yeah, I know that a lot of people who tend to have food allergies, they tend to think that them advocating for them whether it's from the food allergy parent side or even from the person who's experiencing the allergies that you seem like it's like a bother and that you're being a burden or something like that or you're inconveniencing another person or that you're putting all the spotlight on you and you're like I don't want all this attention it's just that it's important for my health exactly and so I think getting comfortable with that and owning that it it has been something that I've had to get comfortable with so we talked about you making uh, meals uh, for your daughter. What are some of your go-to safe meals uh, that you give your daughter that makes her feel like she's not missing out on anything? We do a lot of pasta dishes. So we love bonza pasta in our house. So we'll do spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs, um, different types of pasta dishes. Um, we also do pizza because we, t- like, we can make that at home and we can really customize that to fit her allergy or dietary restrictions. Um, we do chicken nuggets, but I won't like, we don't, I make them. So I I, like chicken breast rolled in flax and she feels like those are just as good as like other chicken nuggets because she's never (laughs) had other ones. Um, and, and really just try to give her what I feel to be like a balanced, healthy, but like sometimes kind of fun, um, diet that any other kid would have. But I I think definitely a lot of like chicken nuggets, a lot of pasta dishes, (laughs) Um, Lots of different stir fries. I feel like you can kind of be creative with like, you know, adding whether it's white rice or brown rice or rice noodles or pasta. And Mm -hmm. then depending on what types of veggies you want to put in um, and making your own marinades and sauces at home. So we try to have quite a bit of variety so she doesn't feel like her food allergies are kind of holding her back or restricting, you know, the, the variety of things that she can try. Yeah, because like we said before, like, seeing allergies on paper food allergies in specific it just seems very restrictive but there's just so much that you can do with it and allows you to be really creative even if you don't want to be creative um, and it really just forces you to force those boundaries and being able to like push yourself in the kitchen and being able to get creative and stuff definitely yeah so one thing that I always get questions about and then always see parents struggle with this is having the food allergy talk with their kids. Um, A lot of parents with uh, kids who have allergies, they might question when to tell them about their food allergies and what do you say? So how did you explain to your daughter um, about her allergies to her? And then what are your tips for uh, parents who are new to the world of food allergies as well? I think that 
a lot of it she kind of saw by example. So like when we're going out to eat or when we're traveling, like me speaking up and saying like she has these allergies and then like reiterating like they're serious and they're life threatening so that she understands the severity of them. Right. Um, because while I don't want it to burden her, I also don't want her to get lax in, in terms of like thinking about them. So I think she's heard me say so many times, like, <laughs> my daughter is allergic to these things. Like they need to be saved. This is very serious. Um, but then also like understanding that it doesn't have to hinder her life. Like all of the things that her friends are doing, thankfully we've been able to find safe resources for her so she can participate. So I don't want her to feel like it's some sort of like sentence that like doesn't allow her to like fully enjoy her life and like be able like, while it makes her a little bit different, it doesn't, it shouldn't hold her back in any way. And I think also like she's been able to see firsthand with the company, like you take this like, what could be like a game over and then you turn that into like a game on and you're like, it's not going to hold me back and it actually could turn into a positive. Right. So speaking of a partake, what part in the process, I guess, did her allergies have an influence on like some of the um, allergens that you made your products free of, I guess I could say? In all of the things I don't want to make any, I can't start a company for my daughter and then make things that she can't eat. Like, we're um, coming out with our first product that's not a cookie um, in the next month or so. And one of the ingredients that our product developer and I were working with was this banana flower. And it was awesome because it had a lot of protein. It was really clean. But Vivi's allergic mm-hmm. to banana. Like, I can't make a product of my own. Like, right. I started a company for her. Um, and, and so, like, her allergies have played a huge part in it. And I think um, being a food allergy mom... I take the allergies way more seriously than, you know, if I were just a business owner starting this because I saw an opportunity. And so, you know, really vetting our suppliers, making sure our manufacturing facilities up to snuff. And, and so, like, it feels like just an extension of me and like our kitchen. Like, and so I, I treat everything with the same care that I would for my daughter because I, I started the company for her and I make the products, a lot of them specifically like for her. So what is one of her favorite products of Partake and what is one of your favorite products with Partake? So right now we just have cookies and we're both chocolate monsters. So we both love <laughs> our triple chocolate. So we have a soft baked cookie that's a chocolate cookie with chocolate chips and candy coated chocolates inside. So give us both all of the chocolate. Ooh, I I really like chocolate too. I like dark chocolate too. So that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that as a person who has food allergies, and we talked about a little bit about the food allergy anxiety and the stress that can come from the parent side and also from the person who has food allergies. And I can only imagine how it is like for a parent to first find out that their kid has, you know, severe food allergies and then even the years to come and come after. Um, So what has been your experience in dealing with your daughter's allergies from a parent's perspective? Um, I feel like they're probably very similar to what the experience would be for a teenager or young adult with food allergies, because I feel like so much of the responsibility of feeding her and keeping her safe Mm -hmm. falls on me. So I think, and I don't want to speak for her because I'm sure it weighs on her emotionally as well. But like, I feel like a I don't, I don't want to call it a burden at all, but like, I feel the pressure of the food allergies in a way that I think right. someone with food allergies um, would as well. I feel like I heard some quote a long time ago that like when a woman, when a, 
person has a child, it's like their heart walking outside of their body. And so I feel like she's really just such an extension of me. And I'm so worried about like, you know, keeping her safe and healthy and happy um, that I kind of feel like I live with the food allergies myself almost. Yeah, that tends to be the common consensus with especially with a kid so young that since you know, you're really responsible for, like you said, feeding um, your daughter and being able to make sure that she's okay um, in all aspects of her life, that it's like you have the food allergies with her, Um, whether that, you know, like you said before, advocating for her, uh, cooking for her, that type of thing. So what has helped you ease uh, your uh, allergy, anxiety, and stress as a parent? And what are some of your tips for parents with allergic kids? I think um, preparation and community. So from a preparation perspective, um, really that applies when we're outside of our house. So like if she's going to a birthday party, like emailing that parent, like when I get the invitation and saying, you know, what are you going to be serving so I can bring a safe substitute or so I can call the restaurant ahead of time. Um, If they're doing a project at school that involves food, like talking to the teachers to make sure that Vivi can participate and that we have safe solutions for her. So I think it's a lot of advanced preparation. Um, And then community. So I find that in the form of like Facebook groups of like food allergy Mm -hmm. sufferers or food allergy parents, Um, or like there's an app spoken that I love that kind of is like a Yelp Mm -hmm. for food allergies. And so I'm going there always to find new products or to see reviews from other people who are managing food allergies. Um, So just really understanding that I'm not in it alone, whether that's like leaning on a community of people who are food allergy parents or people who are dealing with food allergies, but also like going out to our community. So whether that's like parents who are inviting us to birthday parties or family members who are inviting us to holidays, like that's a part of our life and who we are. And so if we're going to be a part of your life, then like, it's just something that like, I'm not asking you asking people to make concessions, but I I just want to make sure that, that we're keeping her safe. Yeah, and that's something that's also important is not only you educating yourself about, you know, your daughter's allergies, but also having it where the people around you know about them as well and don't think of them as being something like an intolerance um, or something like that. So have you ever had it where you've been put in a situation where people have just been like, oh, like your daughter's allergies are like an intolerance or you can just take a pill or or thinking that her allergies are not as big of a deal as they actually are? And if so, what has that been like? I think it's really, thankfully, only been like if we're out to eat or something. And that's where I mentioned earlier, like I will escalate very quickly in terms of like (laughs) getting the right people involved. If like, I remember once we were going out to eat and the person like compared it to like, oh yeah, I totally get bloated too when I have like whatever the the food was that my daughter was allergic to. And I was like, there's a difference between a food allergy and an intolerance and you clearly don't understand it. So let's get someone involved, whether it's the chef or the manager that does. Um, You know, I think a lot of the people in our life have seen our experience with food allergies. So they know how serious they can be. And I will say I'm the first one who was guilty of not understanding the severity of food allergies. Growing up, I didn't have friends with food allergies. I hadn't ever dealt with them. So I I didn't understand until I was living it. But thankfully, um, the people in our life have been like compassionate and and empathetic enough to to understand and, and to to kind of go on this journey with us. So you talked about holidays and navigating the holiday season. You know, we're coming up on Halloween and Thanksgiving. How do you um, and your family make sure that Vivian can still be able to enjoy those um, types of events and gatherings, but still putting her health first? 
I was literally at Target this morning getting like a <laughs> bunch of like safe Halloween um, treats for her because she's doing something with a couple of friends in her pod next week and they don't have food allergies. And so I don't want her to only have one thing and I want her to be able to participate in the same way that her friends do. And so it's just that preparation. So like ordering online yesterday and going into Target this morning and making <laughs> sure I have a backup bag and a backup to that. Um, and then really I've taken the onus and this is just my own like kind of personal type anus of hosting holidays. So like Thanksgiving and Christmas is at our house now. And that way I can be in control of the food and I can make sure what we have is safe and that way she can participate fully. And, you know, it takes the burden of cooking off of our family members who come to our house. And <laughs> so it's worked out for us thus far. So I have another question. So what would be your tip for families that are navigating those types of holidays and maybe they're going over to a family member's house to be able to celebrate, you know, Thanksgiving or something of that sort. Um, what would be your tips for parents who are new to the world of food allergies and how to navigate those types of situations? I think I, I feel like a broken record in terms of like prepare, 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 <laughs> advocate, 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 but also understand that sometimes it's not going to work out. Like I've spent so much time on my Facebook um, groups with other food allergy parents and I read the most heartbreaking stories where like people's like closest family members are like, oh, that's not that serious or oh, well, then they should just bring their own food. And like I only like to go where I'm welcome. And so like, while I'm not right. asking people to make huge concessions for me, I want to make sure that like, I'm safe and like can be involved. And so um, that's one of the reasons to avoid situations like that. We, we've taken it into our own hands and just are going to host at our house. But I would say just having frank conversations way in advance of the holiday to understand like, if accommodations can be made, if you can prepare your own items and bring those with you, if you can prepare some things there, but just having the conversations early, because the last thing anybody wants is to have a surprise the day of the holiday. Right, because I can only imagine all of that playing out and it's supposed to be focusing on family time and being able to cherish those memories with one another and then something erupts and happens because someone was being careless with food preparation or cross-contamination ended up happening and then, then an allergic reaction happens and then it just can go really south really quick. I can only imagine. Yeah, we spent her first Thanksgiving in the emergency room and I don't want to have to do that again. So we are just going to have them oh, at wow. our house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. So um, another question that I have for you is when it comes to um, going to school, I know school is looking a lot differently um, this year, but for parents who have um food allergy kids, what are some of your tips for being able to navigate school settings um, for kids who have food allergies as a parent? So I will say that we've been very privileged that my daughter goes to a school that is very understanding of her food allergies, um, but they mistakes happen. So there have been a couple of mistakes and thankfully they weren't, um, like they didn't result in an allergic reaction. Um, like one time um, they had plantains. And so my daughter recognized like these look like bananas. I shouldn't eat these. And so thankfully she didn't eat them. Um, another time her, like the, they brought the food into the classroom and her teacher was like, this has something she's allergic to and the teacher caught it. So I think for us, school is making sure 
all of the stakeholders understand the allergy. So whether it's the teachers or the administrators, the people in the cafeteria, um, I will say though, we've gone as far as our school text me a picture of her lunch every single day before she eats oh, it. Wow. So I get a rundown of what she's eating and a picture of it um, because of the couple of mistakes that we've had. But I understand that not every school and not every circumstance is the same. And so right. I think, you know, when I talk to Lynn, when I look at the food allergy groups, I don't know if, it, if the right answer is bringing your child's own lunch or whether it's getting a 504 plan and 504, 504, the 504 plan in place mm-hmm. or like what it is. But I think it's kind of goes back to that, the preparation and the advocating. Um, and in our case, it was just like really making sure that we were speaking up and, and saying, you know, this is not satisfactory and we need to find a solution that that's going to work and that's going to keep um, Bibi and safe. Yeah, because navigating a school setting and in a recent episode, I had a, a guest where we talked about navigating food allergies as a as a kid who goes to school. Um, that can be really hard, um, not only from like the food aspect and making sure that, you know, you're able to eat safe foods, whether that's bringing your lunch, like you said, or making sure you have a plan in place with the school, meeting with the administrators um, and making sure you have all the things that you have to have in place and then also dealing with like the social aspect of it and the, the possible bullying and all of that type of stuff has Vivian had to deal with anything like that at her school um, when it comes to her allergies in specific not that I know of I'm finding and I think kids are, are nicer at this age so I do that's definitely something right. I worry about um, at this age, like she's made comments like, well, you know, her lunch will be different than her friends. And she was like, yeah, my friend told me that my lunch looked really good. And so like, there's that or like somebody will have something and a friend will speak up and say, that's not safe for Vivian's body. Don't eat that near her. And so like, it really warms my heart to hear the like compassionate stories that I've heard. But I'm sure mm-hmm. that like, at some point that will potentially I hope not, but I think change. Fingers I cross it doesn't. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I mean, I think it still wears on her socially as much as you can try to or like emotionally as much as you try to prepare um she went to a birthday party and this was when she was like two um and a friend had a cake and I brought a safe cupcake for Vivian and like after like reading bedtime story at night the last thing she said was like gosh I wish I would have been able to have the cake at so-and-so's birthday party so like even when you try to bring a safe substitute I I think sometimes people just want to to be able to, especially young kids want to be able to, to do the same thing that their friends are doing. So I know she recognizes it even as hard as we try to, to make her feel fully involved and included. Right. What are some things that you like to keep in uh, Vivian's medical kit when, whether that's when she's going to school or whether you're going out and about going out to maybe eat or something? Um, always have the Epi, well, we actually use an Obi-Q, but we always have the EpiPen or Obi-Q. Um, and then we always have liquid Benadryl, like whether I'm just going across the street to the park, whether like when Mm -hmm. any person leaves the house with Vivian, they need to have the EpiPens. Um, and then obviously they keep them at school. She's still young enough that like she doesn't do any play dates or anything on her own. There's always like a grown up with her. So I I know at some point we'll get to the the age where she is going to her friend's house without me present. Oh, that makes me so sad to think about. <laughs> um, and in that case, we'll make sure that the other parent understands the allergies and knows how to administer the EpiPen or the AbbQ. But yeah, I'm just always making sure that that we have those and that we're keeping them safe in terms of like you know when it gets really hot in the summertime, whether that's mm-hmm. putting them in a 
cooler or keeping them in my purse where they're on my body and I know they'll stay cool or, or just making sure that, that we always have them and that we're always keeping them at the right temperatures. Right. Those are all really good, important things to keep in a medical kit. And especially just having a medical kit on hand in general um, is really important just in case something just happens. And it would just be a really bad situation if, you know, Vivian had a reaction and then you didn't have anything. And then it's like, oh, my gosh. And then things could escalate really, really quickly, where at least if you have a medical kit, you're able to do something before, um, something bigger happens or having to go to the emergency room happen or something like that. So yeah, it's really important to have a medical kit. Agree a hundred percent. So um, my last question for you is for people who are new to the world of allergies and intolerances, what advice would you give them? Stay positive. Like you can still live a very full, healthy, normal life even if you have food allergies or intolerances. Um, I think also own that. Um, You know, I look at the statistics around food allergies and intolerances, and and unfortunately, the numbers are growing. So you're not alone. There's a huge community of people who are going through the same thing and understand. And so don't be afraid to, to be vulnerable or to speak up about where you're confused or where you feel cautious or, or which, where you just need advice, whether it's about an allergist or a safe food or a safe way to handle a situation. Um, Like, don't be afraid to speak up and reach out to the community because I found that the food allergy community is really welcoming and supportive. Yeah, the food allergy community is very big, especially with, you know, social media being really big now. Like there's just so many more, you know, online resources or like you said before, like different Facebook groups or just groups in general that you can join to be able to have that sense of community online or offline with people that, you know, are in your local community to be able to rely on and have like this like tribe of people that you can like trust. So agree 100 percent. Yeah. But thank you so much for uh, coming on the Oh My Allergies podcast. I've really enjoyed talking with you and being able to learn about, you know, your Oh My Allergy story through your daughter and being able to uh, learn a little bit more about from a parent's perspective and all of the um, things that parents have to deal with when their child has food allergies. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to chat more. It was wonderful talking with you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and this talk with Denise Woodard of Partake Foods and really were able to learn a lot from this conversation and be able to relate to a lot of the things and the topics that we touched upon in this conversation. Uh, Make sure you guys follow Partake Foods on Instagram and on all of their other social media platforms, which is at Partake Foods. Also make sure that you check them out at your local grocery store. Like I said, they are available in places like Target. They're available at Sprouts, Whole Foods Market. Just really the best way to be able to figure out if they sell products at um, a store near you is going to their website. So their website is partakefoods.com. Like I said, their website is partakefoods.com and I will leave all of their like website details and social media handles in the show notes so you guys can check them out and be able to support the brand that is really just doing so much for the food allergy community. 
Um, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed this episode so you don't miss out on really great, meaningful, and fun conversations like this one. Also, make sure that you rate and review the podcast. Hopefully, it is five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also, make sure that you follow Oh My Allergies on Instagram to be able to keep up to date with what we're doing, see, you know, inspirational quotes, see memes, see snippets of our episodes sneak peeks to our episodes just it's the best way to be able to stay in the know with oh my allergies so like i said hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe make sure you rate and review make sure you tell people that you know and that you don't know about this podcast and i will talk to you all in the next episode bye guys